Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Audit Podcast. Today on the show, we have Dominic Simonton, and despite the fact that he's a Notre Dame fan, we brought him on because we knew based on his experience that he would add a lot of value. And so at his previous stint, he was the CAE at Panasonic Avionics Corporation and is currently the CAE at the 99 cents only stores. Some of the things that we hit on are what happens behind the scenes in a one-on-one with the audit committee chair. There's not a lot that's out there around that. So that's kind of a point of emphasis for us this year on the show. Uh, where Simon finds it most important to over-communicate as a CAE. One of the things that Dominic mentioned when we were talking off-camera was he's a huge fan of over-communicating, so we want to understand that perspective a little bit more. Also, the number one topic that he's been discussing with his CAE peers and topics that CAE should consider discussing with their CEOs during their quarterly meetings. Here we go. So this, we've been talking a lot and a lot of the focus for 2023 on the audit podcast is kind of a behind the scenes of the CAE and the audit committee and how they work together. Um, There's not a lot I feel like that's out there anyway. And so that's what we're trying to give back to the audience this year. And so without going into anything that's obviously super confidential that you wouldn't want (laughs) to be out there, uh, kind of take us behind the scenes in a one-on-one with your audit committee chair. Okay. So by, so by the time I have that one-on-one meeting with the audit committee chairperson, the 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 audit uh, committee materials have already been submitted for review. The audit committee's reviewed them. Uh, the chairperson's had the opportunity to, to review them. So usually, it's a Q and A about the audit reports uh, that are, are that are in the package. Uh, it's usually questions about the support work that we've done for our external auditors. Um, so what, what, once we have those questions, and they're usually pretty detailed questions, a lot of drill down questions that normally that chairperson wants to get answers to before the audit committee meeting, because I've only got about 10, 15 minutes uh, in the audit, audit committee meeting to, to present the internal audit update. Um, it's a little bit different for, for my annual update, which I get about 30 minutes because I have to present the audit plan and, um, and get that approved. But it's, it's usually a lot of drilled out questions about the audits, how the audits went, how they were received by management, uh, and your interactions with the management team. Um, one, well, one point uh, I had a major person ask me, actually remind me, uh, because they felt that I was being very collaborative in my audit reports and, and, and giving credit to the, the senior uh, team on what they had done on this particular audit as far as from control design and they reminded me that uh, that I am the eyes and the ears of the audit committee, <laughs> and to you know make sure that uh, you're really reporting on what areas they need to improve in, it and not giving them uh, you know too much credit for what they've done or should be doing. Um, you know, 
So I, I I approached it from being very collaborative, very much a team player and the audit committee chairperson was reminded me, remember you're the eyes and ears of the audit committee and, and don't be afraid to call them out when you need to call them out. Okay. So that kind of resonated with me, um, you know, going forward. So that does happen. Um, you'll, you'll get a critique uh, if you felt maybe you should have worried something differently or report or, or what have you. But uh, normally that's what happens. But I think that what really comes out of it is, is you know, I, do you have any impediments? Do you have any resource issues that I, that we can help you with? But that and that's how the conversation usually ends. Uh, you know, very upbeat uh, and uh, really trying to say, "Hey, look, you're doing a great job, and uh, let us know how we can help you uh, help us going forward." So we have talked a lot of agile audit on the show, and what I liked about what you said is you're talking about roadblocks, and if we take away some of the elements uh, within agile in general, you know. What'd you, what'd you finish yesterday? What are you going to finish today? Or you could say quarterly or monthly or however. Um, and then are there any roadblocks? And so I think that's a really great way, again, to kind of tie in some of the agile elements. That's tip, Those are typical questions that we ask. Are there you know, right. roadblocks? Uh, right. I really like right. that. And, and some of the other thing that gets talked about is a big thing. Hey, look, you, you've done all this great audit work. Are, are, are the recommendations and the management action plans being followed through with executed timely um, is it getting no, you know, or are they aging out? So they want to know, hey, it's great that you've done all this great work, but is, is management taking actual actions to, uh, to your observations? And and that's one that, that that's a bigger topic now because we've I've gone through a few audit cycles uh, now with the company, and and so the audit community is very uh, interested in seeing that. Hey, have those recommendations been actually executed by management, and what were the results? So, yeah, and I know that you are. So this is a large just communication effort. Uh, I know you're a big fan of over communicating. Uh, why is that? Where do you find it most important? Um, or what areas do you find it most important to over communicate as a chief auditor executive? Well, I, I think I think in in terms of over communicating, um, I think you're trying to establish trust. When I came in, when I come in new to an organization, I'm meeting with all these stakeholders. Of that organization for the key functional roles, and usually that's that's uh, the VP or senior VP levels. And what I'm doing there is is really to to establish that that trust uh, and and make sure that I understand where the issues are in their organizations and and their views of the company, and then exchange my views. And that's that's a good way to uh, build that rapport. And 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 teamwork and collaboration outside of the audit process, which I think is very very important. Um, I think when you're you're uh, also to over communicate. I mean, as it comes uh, in in some audits, you, you're you're going to have conflict, and that and that could occur. And when that happens, I think you need to know how to communicate your way through that, and and maintain those uh, professional. Uh, relationships. I mean, you have to, you know, and the ways you can do that is to, is to schedule communication meetings. And, and here's where I go into the over communication. And that would be to provide more clarity and, and to manage the oddity expectations. And and you may, what you have to do is is build a model of reestablishing, hey, what was the mutual uh, purpose here and, and, and the objective? Um, you may ha- use that session to correct er- erroneous beliefs or assumptions and clarify the nature and extent 
extent of uh, you know required changes that you're asking the business to do in your audit report. Um, and you you may have to basically it's all leading up to if you get the so what question. Mm-hmm. So what? Why would anyone care about taking action? That's when you got to say okay, you got to look, you got to step back, you got to consider the risks of the company's strategic operating national reporting risk, and kind of reframe it, recalibrate it, and get them to understand where where the big picture big picture issues are, uh, and then and where their job role, job function, control function fits into that addressing that risk and, and, and moving forward. And again, you're in these conflict situations, your your objective is not to come out the winner. But to get the other party to trust you. I'm going back to the word trust. And 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 that trust will, you know, will pay off now and in the future because you've you've created this atmosphere of open and honest communication. At this point you should be able to close on on the commitment. So uh, and that's why when I stress uh, over communicating, um, I, th- I think it's a great way to build trust uh, that you're vested in what you're doing and in the company and that you're a value added advisor. Yeah, I think it's always interesting to draw from personal experiences and apply them to uh, what we do in the profession or the other way around. Uh, and I don't know if you heard me laugh, but when you when you said you don't have to be the winner, uh, I started to think about this. This was last week wife and i both work from home she said hey at some point in the day if you could put the towels in the dryer that'd be great and i went yep cool got it and so like day went by eventually i did it and i just sent her a text and it said put the towels in the dryer put the towels in i've got it pulled up i'm looking at it right now <laughs> i said <laughs> i said put the towels in and then later on she's like why didn't you put the ta- why are you telling me to put the towels in why i asked you to put the towels in i was like i did i sent you a text put the towels in and she's like but you were telling me to put the towels in i was like no that was me saying i put the towels in and so we had this completely unnecessary argument uh we both wanted to yeah. win the argument um and so it was just i don't know for for whatever reason as you were telling that i was like yeah i experienced the exact same thing the other day no because you, well, exactly and, and and getting back to to when i was saying yeah i have a couple of real life examples of one time i was i was in it going to an audit closing meeting it was my first internal audit position and and the manager was stuck in traffic it's los angeles so yeah. imagine he's stuck in traffic right, so he's right. late he's late to the meeting and, and i'm going to predate myself this is this is uh before cell phones okay i think i had a pay i got yeah, i think he paged me i had a pager called him he said he's running late go ahead and start the meeting so when i start the meeting i'm in with a bunch of senior people and this is back in the day when you can smoke and and he and, the, and this one senior director is smoking a cigar he says, Dominic, before you start, how long can I ask you how long you've been with the company? And I said, at that point, six months. And then he does the introductions of his team and where they're all been with the company 20 years plus. And after he finishes that, he says, okay, now go ahead and read your observations. Okay. So that was a way to kind of disarm me and 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 what are you gonna tell us that we don't already? Right. Right. And so again, conflict from the get-go. And so I had to kind of manage my way through that with the, I, I believe there was no air conditioning in the room, at least it didn't feel like it. I'm sure I had, <laughs> I had sweaty palms and, and beat a beat of sweat coming down my forehead, but I got through it. Um, and another example where when I was in aerospace, we walk into the room um, and the engineers, first thing they say is we walk in the room was, well, here come the auditors to tell us how to build airplanes. Right. But 
you know, we may not tell you how to build airplanes, but we can tell you how to make them so the company can make money and stay profitable and be a going concern. So, um, so those are those are areas that you know that I had the experience, and and you got to work your way way through those uh, and navigate through those. But you have to maintain respect on both sides of the table. Um, and, and you've got to come out saying, okay, we've, we've restated the objectives. We have a clear understanding of the issue. We have a clear understanding of the path forward for the benefit of the country. And at the end of the day, that's what you want it to be. And so everyone's got to put burritos aside, stay responsible, have a clear understanding of the issue at hand, and, and then move move uh, move the uh, recommendation uh, forward. And it, and and I'm always keeping an open mind. If we make an obs- if we make an observation and we go through our recommendations, mm-hmm. and if the management team has a recommendation that's not one of our recommendations, but it still addresses the issue, all right, fine. What do you have to stand next? Right? We're we're remediating, we're remediating um, the risk to the company. Yeah, if that solution, so be it. Put in the report. Report on. I think that's what the activity expects. Yeah. And, and over communication or effective communications one of, is one of the big topics that we hit on with a lot of CAEs, auditors in general, folks that come on the show is that effective communication. It's a huge topic that we hit on. Always appreciate a real life story. So, uh, Dominic, appreciate you for those. But what's the out, out, maybe not outside of communication, but as far as, um, highlighting topics, what, what's the number one topic you've been discussing with your CAE peers lately? I, I think that the biggest top topic for us is how, how to audit more efficiently and effectively. Yeah. And for me, it's 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 uh, it's always been this uh, continuous monitoring and using more using more data analytics. And and I think that's that's the area that uh, in our in my current environment we need to expand upon a little bit better. I I I've done I think everything I can do with Excel and pivot tables and and everything else. Now we're moving into Power BI. I'm like, I think I haven't done enough with Power BI, but what I'd, what I'd like to get to is a dashboard looks at critical areas of our companies uh, on the data analytics profession that would it would raise some red flags for me. It's like an internal audit dashboard that would show me I'm in retail. So in, 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 in grocery, we've had an uptick in scrap this week. And here's the stores where that's, an issue, some sort of dashboard that starts tracking tonight or, or our inventory joins and I log by the dashboard that then highlights me. Maybe I need to pivot from my audit plan and start auditing this area because this easy areas are currently emerging and as a risk for the company that I haven't addressed in my audit plan. And getting back to the audit committee, the audit committee, I do have, um, you know, I, I do communicate uh, to everybody about this, the audit plan is a living document. You can change it anytime. Right. Right. You communicate the audit committee that happens, but you know, maybe I get a request for management to do, do an audit or a special project. And when that happens, you always do it. Right. Because if, if, they, if they ask you and they, and you, and you don't do it, well, then they won't ask you. So you always do your advice buying room to take those management requests and put them in the audit plan. We did fit with the audit committee. Here's what we put in. Here's what we're taking out. And here's more. Um, so you always have enough flexibility to do that. So, but for me, I would like to have this this audit 
dashboard uh, that looks at critical key indicators of the company that would tell me that, hey, there's a risk uptick in this area and, and maybe I need to change my focus and do some audits in that area. And that's that's where I want to uh, build uh, in my organization that I don't have yet. And what I, what I appreciate about that is a lot of folks will go, yeah, we want analytics. And it's like, okay, great. What are you going to do with it? And it's like, well, I don't really know. We just know we need it. Um, so to have those specific examples already in mind, uh, okay, I know what I want within that dashboard also. Um, I think it's really good to know if nothing else for, um, to get that commitment that you need relative to the resources that we, you would need instead of just going, yep, we need this. Why? Well, we need analytics, you know? Um, to be able to have some of those use cases already somewhat defined, I think is, um, a big step. So, and we use dashboards. I've been talking about this for years. I've, I've looked at dashboards. There's a lot of obvious advantages that dashboards can provide, but one of them is as a marketing tool for internal audit, show a dashboard. Somebody sees it. They go, I didn't even know (laughs) internal audit did this type of thing. And I think what it really does also is it helps change the perception of internal audit um, and what we can do, the value we can add. And so absent uh, that dashboarding for you right now, what else, what, what are you doing to change the perception of internal audit within your organization? I think for us, it's, 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 um, we're not just the, the compliance police. We're not, uh, just socks audit. And I, I've heard that. Uh, term to use from time to time that where the socks auditors were right. not so I got I get around certain certain labels certain stigmas that untrained to change it from we are the internal advisors <laughs> I do remember I did mention that maybe I should, we should change our names to, to in a conversation that I had with our CEO and he told me because no 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 keep it on like the conversation about it you know, it, it lets people know that you know, you're checking up on them. No. Um, but okay, that. But I, I'm really trying to to, to uh, change it to be more of uh, we're we're an advisory role. Right uh, now, we can advise on control weaknesses and internal controls over financial reporting. Okay, although we can opine on SOX controls. Yep, we can do that. But what I'm really trying to drill at is, is more of the enterprise risk. And I do, I am the, uh, I do head up our enterprise risk uh, management program here at the 99 stores. And, uh, very, and I have a very supportive CEO who's very actively involved and believes in the program. Um, but that's where I want to spend the time is focusing on where are the strategic, you know, financial reporting compliance risk of the company but need to be addressed and 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 focus on a lot of the operational that we're experiencing especially with COVID supply chain uh, labor California Centric company um, there's a number of different issues uh, I can get into then but outside of traditional uh, financial reporting outlets and still in back I would say the operational lines where the company is now from a risk perspective are, are the more important odds to do. Um, because anything that affects us operationally makes its way to the financial statement. It makes its way to the, the balance sheet and the, and the, the PML. Um, and if you can address those to improve 
uh, to make the improvements on the operations side, even to see those corresponding financials. So I spent a lot of time focusing and, and changing people's mindset. Hey, that we are really internal advisors. And just to kind of switch it up a little bit, because this has been such a hot topic, I have made it a point almost to ask this of the guests that we have on the show, but hiring retention, big issue, not only with CAEs, but really everyone um, across management hierarchy everywhere. Uh, what have you seen work and what can you pass along to the listeners that they can, they can add to their um, ways of hiring and retaining good talent? Well, I can tell you, um, I had a outside, uh, a little big fortune had, had me help them with the case study for, um, USC's Academy program. And, and at the end of that, um, I was told by the partner, Hey, that's great. I thank you for participating. It really helps us with our recruiting process. Um, because the big four, they're, they're competing for the, the best and the prize from one of major universities. And, and so, um, you know, that kind of struck me. I thought, well, you're a big four, you know, have, everyone wants to work for you. Right. No, it's not necessarily the case. I, I think what they, what they're selling is how, how interesting the work can be, how value added the work can be, um, from, from a company's perspective, um, and how that, how they, how the work that would be performing into the firm is meaningful and also helps you with your career path and getting to, to the next level within the company and virtually wherever you want to go. Yeah, you may start in the financial areas, but you can get into operations. Who's it? it? You get to see everything. And that's what I try to stress when I'm, you know, recruiting or advising, mentoring uh, somebody who's considering entering the profession. Uh, that I feel, especially in travel audit, you get to see the entire company. You get to know, you know, how the company is run, um, and an end, and you get to see all the various roles, all the various functional roles within the company, and you can make some decisions on, especially how do you go a couple of years behind and decide that maybe you want to transfer into, your, uh, I don't know, distribution uh, or more store operations as you can retail. Uh, uh, current experience. And so I think that's what you got to try to sell and the, the value that internal audit brings to the organization and who you get to interact with. You get to interact with senior management who may be in other positions you wouldn't be able to and they get to know you and, and it makes it easier for you to make uh, moves from a career perspective um, within in the organization or outside of the organization. Right. Internal audit, I think, is a great experience. Um, where you learn a lot of things about developing business documents. So I think there's a lot of development um, that you could do there. I know, I know we, we probably come across and have this kind of stigma that we're, we're not as sexy as some of the other roles that are out there. But, um, you know, I think that's what we've got to, to, to sell and do a better job of it. Um, and, and I, I don't think we've done that. I mean, and maybe it starts at the universities, uh, but I think I think if we're recruiting up the universities, I think we need to be more involved uh, with some of the the accounting programs and really kind of uh, try to change uh, the mindset and the brand. It's almost a rebranding uh, yeah. to get more 
um, the students interested in entering the profession. And I think we've got more entering the profession and we'll have more uh, to recruit. And, uh, I found that there's a lot less recruits out there, which I, which I found uh, uh, to be a little surprising from my last recruiting efforts, um, which, are, which, are, which were difficult. Yeah, it's, I mean, one of my favorite parts of, about being in an internal audit is looking at various aspects of the business. I mean, it's almost like there's there's nothing that's off limits for the most part. And that's what, you know, looking at the pharmacy department of a huge hospital. You know, right. like, to me, that's super interesting. I never would have just picked up a book or anything for sure and just and learned about that. Um, but it's extremely interesting how that works, the level of detail that goes into every little process. You know, you, you, you hear about uh, an issue within an organization that's on the news or something like that, and you think, well, how could that happen? And then I think the better your business acumen becomes, the more you can almost like piece that together and go, well, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, the 30-second blurb of what that department does or whatever. And so I always thought that was, you know, as a learner myself, I always thought that was super interesting and one of my, my favorite part. What do you think about, you're talking about hitting up the accounting apartment, uh, not the accounting department, the accounting majors at universities. What about diversifying that out? Um, probably keep it within the business schools, but even maybe going outside of that, what do you think about targeting some of those other areas as far as bringing in talent to internal audit? I mean, you said, right? I mean, I think there's those traditional roles and, 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 and I think being in California, I, I think working for you know the Silicon Valley company is very attractive and 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 I say that was uh, going into computer science or software engineering I think they know they're gonna have deep paying jobs when they when they come out of university and I, I think we need to do a better job communicating that that um seeing the past forget what they, what they used to call it uh, when I was in university, but uh, they, they scheduled all the on-campus interviews. But um, it, I think working with the university, uh, I think getting in front of students, I think I think what what uh, our outside firm did with USD and, and getting involved in the program and setting up this case study and doing a live case study, it was during COVID, so we did it all via Zoom. Um, I think it, it's that type of interaction where they get to see some real life examples with a real life client. Um, I think it's very helpful to to really get them excited about what this will lead to. Now, I think in that program, I think it was a master's program. So I think that clients, they're already excited about accounting if they're going to get a master's in right. and they're their undergrad. But I think it's something you need to push down lower to the undergrad uh, level or, you know, He's even career duties at, at high schools, right? If you get a chance to go to a career day and help a profession, go to go do it in the high school. I did it for one of my daughters when I was at another company and I was working in a, in a tech company and I brought in something like technology and talked about technology and asked what I did. I got to talk about audit. So um, I think we need to do more of that. Um, and maybe the IIA is already doing some of that. I don't know. But, um, so uh, I think that's that's where we've got to start. We got it's going to be like a grassroots yeah. movement uh, to really for it, uh, 
really did to kind of change some of the mindsets of uh, high school students coming in and picking majors, right? Easy to need to get offended. If you start trying to do it, I guess those first two years of college where you're completing your general ed and try to influence down as you can. But if you knew it earlier in the process, doing these career days, uh, working with the career counselors at these universities, I think that's I think that's where we need to be um, to really begin rebrand ourselves and, and get the students excited about the, the profession and, and majoring in it. Yeah. You know, uh, Dominic, like if you listen to radio stations, they'll do this kind of segment thing, like from the mailbag or whatever that is, or uh, we'll take calls from the listeners and ask any question you want to. We don't really have that segment, but we're going to do it for today um, because over the weekend, someone sent me a message and said, hey, listen to the podcast. Love it. Really curious if you could ask your guests this and uh, specific to CAEs. And I said, well, we have one on tomorrow. So um, we'll, we'll call this from the mailbag. Maybe this is the only time we ever do this. So we won't call it the okay. mailbag segment, but eh, for now we will. Um, so the question from uh, someone on LinkedIn, Dominic, what topic should CAEs consider discussing with the CEOs during quarterly meetings? But during quarterly meetings, at least I'll, I'll speak to our power or worship of high times and to our side when I was uh, when we were in between CFOs I got to report directly to the CEO uh, but for me it's just again trying to find out where where the risks are that the CEO is concerned about I think you need to have that dialogue uh, we do our enterprise risk uh, management uh, meetings we do them quarterly and so I get the brief uh, the CEO along on the quarterly risk. And so we have those discussions on risk and where the company needs to improve. But there's also a part of our, our audit committee reporting, which is done quarterly. Um, I will review the, uh, the audit committee package with the CFO and CFO and have a review uh, with the CEO as to what we're going to be presenting to the audit committee. Now, I'll just get back there about the reports, which are in the reporting package, um, and so on. And, and of course, what we distribute our other reports, the, the CEO is always on copy. So it's basically a quarterly meeting to talk with the CEO about the audit reports that we're issuing during the quarter and, and then what, what the remediation activity is going to be to the place to address the observations in those reports. And then it's a, and then it's a conversation about risk going forward or potential audits that he would like to see the, the internal audit team perform. That's pretty much how the conversation goes. And when I would talk to um, with the CEO, just really making sure he's not blindsided by anything that we're issuing, not in the audit committee package. Obviously, he is in the meeting as well. Make sure he has the opportunity to remove that thing before it goes out. And then continue the conversation of focusing on risk and, and, and what we do to keep the company moving forward and growing. So those are things that really show the, uh, the CTO, you know, you're in tune and you're addressing the risk of the organization because you're not really not doing And I think that not blindsiding the CEO goes back to one of our initial, one of your initial points in over communication. And so it seems like you are uh, very true to that. Uh, with that said, if if you had one thing that you wanted to leave the listeners with, what would that be? I would say it's it's using um, you know building trust with your interpersonal communication, um, 
and that and by that I mean by by using emotional intelligence uh, to communicate. I mean the payoff, um, and by emotional intelligence, I mean I mean it, it involves managing your emotions as well as being empathetic to others and their emotions. Basically, when you go into an understanding where they're coming from, their roles and responsibilities, and and with the issues that they're facing, and 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 and, and take on that that empathetic uh, role coming in, and the payoff is for that is is that, I mean, you build trust and it, it's and it's powerful. It supports a you know a variety of exchanges between you know what you're seeking and, and to achieve this results in in satisfaction that be doing a good job. And and some of the skills that I think you need to practice to, to developing this emotional talent is being self aware, being self aware how you're projecting yourself, and uh, you know, around all that, all in your personal life, under your professional life, um, you know, manage, managing your emotions. I mean, this can be a tough job. You study, you have to have to stay steady and keep your emotions in check. Uh, being aware of how others are projecting, uh, how imagine your relationships with, within your organization and outside the organization. Um, and I think these things will then help foster that trust, which is an important to cheering on the work that you have in, in internal life. And so I think that's one thing you, you, you need to work on. And and then the last thing I want to leave is when you're, when you're Doing this communication is to, to think about your internal voices, your supporter voice, your passive voice, your driving voice. You have to kind of manage all those three voices to get to where you, a balanced signature voice that you come across not only being collaborative but being teamwork. But when you get into those con- confrontational situations that I was talking about earlier, uh, where you do have conflict, you have to navigate conflict. Uh, there are times we you, you just can't be a, a, a shrinking vine. There are times where you can't be afraid to ruffle uh, feathers. Because remember, I mean, you are the eyes and ears of God. So sometimes you have to find that driving voice. But in balance, you want to get to where you really balanced all those voices and to where you're an effective communicator, uh, but with that emotional intelligence. So. It's it's work. I tell you what, I've been working on it for for a number of years, and uh, that's one of the things that I, I strive to continuously improve uh, in myself. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show, so we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.